anything because I thought it's just good for me to just you know just talk yes <laughs> yeah that's good <laughs> all right all right um for the people who don't know you who are you and what do you do for the Tudor Society okay well I'm Claire Ridgeway and I I well these days I call myself a historian because I've spent quite a few years studying history now so I'm a historian researcher author um, specializing in Tudor history and I've been on a bit of a journey really it was um, Anne Boleyn really who um, sparked off my interest in Tudor history um, and that was in 2009 and then in 2014 I founded the Tudor Society so I'm its creator and founder I I run it along with Tim and a team of others as well such as yourselves and <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the Tudor Society exactly okay the idea behind the Tudor Society was um it came into being because through running the Amberlynn files and kind of joining the online Tudor history world, um, I'd seen that there were lots and lots of people in sort of the US, in Australia, Canada. Uh, they were out of the UK, and I was forever sharing about historians doing talks at you know Hampton Court Palace and in London, and they were always saying, "Oh, you know, I wish that's my bucket list. I'd love to hear that historian talk and ask questions." And I thought as someone that was living in Spain as well, and I do all of my research uh, from from Spain, or the majority of my research, I was thinking, well, it would be so good if if we could actually use the online world, not only for research, but to connect historians and authors to Tudor history lovers so that people in Australia and America and that they aren't missing out. So I wanted to create this online portal, this kind of community of Tudor history lovers and historians and authors, experts and fans, really. So that was kind of my thinking behind it. And also the fact that um, magazines as well, I was uh, subscribed to various history magazines. And as a Tudor history lover, I was always leafing through them, trying to find the Tudor article because that was my love. And, you know, some months there wouldn't be anything Tudor in it. And I think, oh, well, that, you know, it's really interesting learning about the Stuart period or whatever, but it's not my love. So for Tudor history lovers, we also wanted, Tim and I also wanted to create a Tudor history focused magazine so that every page is Tudor history focused um, because I know how much people love Tudor history. So that was the idea behind it. And also it was a way of supporting authors and historians too um, by bringing them in front of their their fans and also you know actually paying them you know contributing to them so so that was the kind of idea behind it sort of making a community and it sort of grew from there really so is that um why you started the tutor society just so um all the information was in one place and you could connect like the whole world yeah basically yeah, because not only could um, I share historians talking, which, you know, people could do, you know, video a historian speaking in London and share that. I wanted people to actually have the opportunity of asking questions 
in in a live setting so you know the live chats we have the expert historian sharing their knowledge but then we also have a chat room where there's a live a live chat and that historian is there in the chat room for you to ask your question and get it answered in real time and I that's just lovely we have such fun with the with the live chats we go off at tangents as well (laughs) but yeah it's just lovely to be able to grill these historians and just find out more about the topic and also about their work as well and get to know them but yeah, it's become a it's become a community. You know, real friendships have been made through it as well. It's it's lovely. Yeah, that's really good. And what's the most fun thing from the entire society? Like, what's um, what makes it so exciting to work for it? Well, for me, it's getting to know other Tudor history fans because sometimes it you can feel quite isolated. You know, in, in my family, um, you know, I, I can't talk to the children about Tudor history because their eyes just glaze over and they're not at all interested. Um, and so it's just having, especially with the live chats, it's having that opportunity. You know, they're an hour long to talk Tudor to your heart's content, to people that really understand your passion and are willing to listen to you and to answer your questions and to pose questions and to debate topics. And it's just, yeah, the, the live chats are really good fun, really, really good fun. But, yeah, over the years, people, you know, the same people come to the chats each month and they've got to know each other. It's lovely. And do you have any dreams for the Tudor Society, any future dreams? To take over the world. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just to keep growing. Um, I mean, this the past 12 months has been rather interesting with with the pandemic. But that has made me see that the Tudor Society is so important because, you know, people can't get places. You know, people have got you know they want to go to London to visit places and and they can't at the moment you know we're so restricted so you have to get your Tudor history fix online uh you know looking at photos sort of virtual tours and and reading about these places and you can't get to hear people speak and so the online world, I think, has become so important, um, you know, because of restrictions and that. But also some people just can't get out anyway. You know, we've got quite a few people that are housebound. And so, you know, it's really important for them to have this online community of people that they can learn from and chat to. Yeah, that's a good dream and a good goal. <laughs> Why why should people sign up? Well, they should sign up for the 14-day free trial and, and um, give it a go, you know, 14 days of, of browsing the society. Um, I mean, now, well, we, we've got archives going back to 2014, so I'm not quite sure how many magazines that is. I think it's getting up to 90 magazines and all the expert talks going back. So I think our first one was in September 2014. So 
there's so much especially now with with you know perhaps you're not working and you're you're at home you can do Tudor history to your heart's content because there are so many archives and that and just I love you know the community to grow it's just so lovely seeing people join and and welcoming new people into it it's it's always fresh that way you've always got new people with with new interests and new specialisms coming in so so yeah Oh, I'd have to say Elizabeth I. Absolutely adore Elizabeth. I mean, she's that iconic queen, uh, such a strong woman. And I mean, I've got her collected works and I just love reading her speeches and her letters and her poems. I mean, she was an amazing ruler, but she was an amazing woman as well. So definitely that virgin queen, Gloriana, good queen best. She's my favourite. Oh, that's such a tough one. Um, Anne Boleyn, I think. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, she's the one. She's the one that's always held my affection and my interest. I just, yeah, her story is so dramatic. Her, her dramatic rise, her dramatic fall, and you know, the, again, a strong woman like her daughter. Um, so yes, Queen Anne Boleyn's my favourite. Am I allowed to actually have a bit bit of a dinner party rather than a cup of tea with one? Because I'd really like to have Anne Boleyn, George Boleyn and Thomas Wyatt, actually. Um, I think that would be... I'd probably get lost in their conversations. I'd probably just sit back and let them converse because I think they're so intellectual and so witty and charming that I think I'd just sort of serve the food and then just sit back and listen to them. So, so yeah, I can't choose one. I, if I had to choose one, it would be Anne Boleyn, definitely. But her and her brother and poet Thomas Wyatt, I think, would be a, a really good entertaining dinner party. They could read poetry. <laughs> Definitely the bee necklace. I've uh, I've worn a replica hood, and it's just really annoying. Actually, <laughs> I just couldn't cope with that on all the time. So definitely, definitely Anne's bee necklace. Yeah, not the uncomfortable hood. Ooh, well, definitely Elizabeth. Yeah, Elizabeth because she's my my heroine. Um, but yeah, yeah, Mary. I th I think it's lovely that Mary's getting rehabilitated. But I think she was she'd be quite a difficult person. While Elizabeth was would be difficult as well. But I think I prefer to be friends with Elizabeth. Definitely Hever Castle. Hever Castle is my home from home. Um, Dr. Owen Emerson, um, who's castle supervisor there, is always messaging me, telling me um, that Hever Castle's waiting for me to come home. <laughs> because I was supposed to, uh, you know, I was supposed to have been there last year on tour and that. So, um, yeah, Hever Castle, I love it. I love both of them. But for me... Hever, because it's so small, it's 
really intimate. Um, but with all these historical places, you really are only kind of separated from these people, these historical people by by time. And I get a real sense of Anne Boleyn and the Boleyns when I'm at Hever and I'm sort of touching pieces of wall and thinking Anne might have touched, touched that as she uh, turned the corner or came down the steps. Um, so although it's changed, I just get that, that feeling of intimacy and closeness um, with the Boleyn family. And Hever's just gorgeous. It's out of this world stunning. But so is Hampton Court. But I like the intimacy of Hever. 